0: Okay, welcome back to the Authorspeakerpodcast.org, O-R-G, Authorspeakerpodcast.org. Don't forget to subscribe on the website. Go to Authorspeakerpodcast.org, subscribe on the far right, and uh, then we'll email you every week when a new episode drops so you won't miss an episode and uh, and you can get all this information that we're talking about. Okay, so I want to talk to you about a book that really was foundational for me in the speaking business that I strongly recommend. Um, I read it in 1997. I don't know when the first edition came out. I think it was around that time. Um, And it's called Speak and Grow Rich. Now it's, this now is an old book. I mean, it's again, it came out in 97. I think they did an update in 2002 if I'm right about that. You can buy it on Amazon. It's an old book and you might be saying, okay, Steve, well, you know, it was written by Dottie Walters. You might know that name. If you're younger, you probably wouldn't know that name. But if you were in the speaking business back in the 90s, you knew who Dottie Walters was. (laughs) And that's a whole story in itself. But um, uh, it's 20, it's, you know, 20 plus years old, even with the new edition. And, um, and some of the things are outdated, for sure. Like, the internet wasn't even a thing, really. You know, I mean, there might be some stuff in there about email. I don't know. I can't remember uh, exactly. But Dottie Walters owned a Speakers Bureau. And she was, uh, she had been around the business for a long time. Like, you know, she knew Bill Gove back in the day. She wasn't quite as old as Bill. Uh, Dottie Walters was born in 1925. And Bill Gove was born in 1912. So uh, Bill was, was older, but... Uh, but Dottie was there for a lot of Bill Gove's career and, and Norman Vincent Peale was a friend of hers and uh, Billy Graham and a lot of the early Zig Ziglar, a lot of the early speakers um, that, uh, you know, that kind of started the speaking business. You know, like back in the day in the in, in 19, late 1940s, 50s, when Bill Gove started, uh, you know, the only people that – and Bill told me this personally, you know, lots of times over the years that we were in business together. He said the only people that were out there speaking were ministers. Yeah, you know, he said it was Billy. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce hired Bill Gove and a bunch of ministers to go around the world and represent the United States, and and you know for the U.S. on on behalf of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and they did a world tour. They went around the world twice, and Bill was the only business speaker because there were no business speakers. The only business speaker at the time uh, of any stature or you know fame, so to speak, would be um, well, was uh, Dr. Kenneth McFarland who was named the, who was called the Dean of American Speakers. He's a friend of Dottie Walters as well. And uh, Bill Gove's mentor, actually, who introduced Bill to speaking in 1945. 1945. He was a top speaker in America. And Bill went to see him. Bill Gove went to see him at the St. Paul, Minnesota Rotary Club. And he gave a speech. And Bill was just blown away. Mesmerized, went up to Dr. McFarland and said, you've got to teach me to do what you do. you got to teach me how to speak. And he said, I don't. Coach speakers, I'm flattered. Thank you for coming. Good night. And uh, it's a great story. If you've been to the Bill Gove Speech Workshop, you know this story. But if you haven't, you probably don't. Um, but uh, Bill Gove, if you don't know the story, Bill Gove went back to 3M where he was working in Saint Paul. Bill was the Bill Gove was the person. He didn't he didn't invent Scotch tape. He was a salesperson, uh, but he popularized Scotch tape. So he's a legend still to this day, even though he's been gone for 20 years. I mean, he's been dead for 20 years. He was away from, he quit 3M, I think, in 1953. So, but if you go to 3M, you'll see a plaque hanging on the wall about Bill Gove somewhere. I mean, he's very famous. He put scotch tape on the map. I mean, scotch tape changed the world, you know, kind of, in a a way, at least. But anyway, he went back to the president, uh, Mr. McKnight at the time. He's playing golf, president of 3M. And he went back to Mr. McKnight, he's playing golf with him. He says, what do I do? he won't coach me. He's the Dean of American Speakers. And Mr. McKnight said, do what you did to put scotch tape on the map. Follow him around. (laughs) Kenneth McFarlane used to get on stage all over the country and say, Everywhere I go, Chicago, Philadelphia. New York, there's Bill Gove in the toy talk. There's Bill Gove in the front row. I don't coach speakers. Thank you for fu- stop following me. Thank you. I'm flattered, but stop following me around. And finally, Bill just kept doing it. And Mr. McKnight encouraged it because Bill was a star. And uh, finally, Kenneth McFarland said, You know, you got to stop following me around. And Bill said, Will you just have coffee with me? And he said, If you have coffee with you, will you stop following me? And he said, yes. And they had coffee and the rest is speaker's history. I mean, for the next 30 years, the question in the speaking business was, who's the greatest on the platform? Was it the, the, the great dean of American speakers, the, 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 the coach, the, the mentor, Dr. Kenneth McFarlane? Or was it the student? the conversational master of masters, the, the speaker that invented the conversational style, the speaker that invented the vignette system, the speaker that invented moving in front of the, 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 uh, the lectern, coming out to the audience, walking into the audience. Bill Gove popularized all those things. He invented those things as a business speaker. Was it, was it the great Bill Gove or was it the great Kenneth McFarlane? And that was the question for, for, for many years. Um, and of course, if you asked Bill Gove, he'd say it was it was Dr. McFarland. He was he was the greatest. But truth be told, they were like football and baseball, totally different kinds of speakers, both brilliant in their own right. But uh, you know, couldn't be any more different. But uh, but anyway, so going forward with this, this how this how far? Not quite that far. Dottie Walters doesn't go back, but she owned a speakers bureau, and uh, I I knew Dottie for a lot. I guess about the last maybe 10 years of her life. Um, I opened up for her one time in Orlando uh, at, a, at a seminar, and uh, she was a character. I will tell you, she was a piece of work. We got along most of the time, but she was uh, she was uh, she was a tough old uh, a tough old, <laughs> she's gonna be careful when I say this, but um, you know, just a kind of a, a female curmudgeon, kind of tough and gritty and cynical and me- a little bit mean, a little bit mean um, sometimes. And, uh, but, but I'll tell you, you know, I say, which is, will and either people who loved Dottie or they didn't like her, didn't love her, but, um, I liked her. I liked her. She was tough to get along with sometimes, but I liked her, but I will say this in no uncertain terms. She knew the business back then. It's different now, but she knew the business. But I read this book then I hired her to be a consultant. She had a, a consulting program back then and I could barely afford it, but I did it with her and she was very tough on me, but she gave me straight information and, um, and it was really good, and it was a real change for me. And she wrote this book um, – I don't know if originally she wrote it with her daughter or not, but if she just put her daughter on there. But Lily Walters, who was a very nice person um, – I'm not sure if she's in the business anymore after Daddy died in 2007. But anyway, um, Lily wrote some other books as well. They're pretty good books. But speaking of origin, it's, it, you're going to see it's dated, okay? But I want you to read this book. It's really an important book. Again, you'll see some of it's dated because it's just a different time. But – Dottie knew the heart and soul of this business. She knew it as well as anybody alive when she was alive. She really did. And um, and and she didn't like to mince words. She just cut to the chase, and she does it in this book. And it really, it really taught me a lot. And that's why I hired her. I mean, I, I put, I sold everything I had basically to hire her. I sold my washing machine partly to hire Dottie Walters. I mean, I've never said that publicly, I thing But we had like a, a, like a, I was gonna say a, an estate sale. No, we were living with my parents, and we had a side uh, driveway sale. You know, like not, we didn't have a garage. It was a carport. And we sold my washing machine. We sold my cassette tape collection. We sold everything we possibly could so we could get in the speaking business. And part of that, a lot of that money went to Dottie Walters to hire her. And it was one of the best things I ever did. She was very tough on me, but she gave it to me straight. And it really helped me. And then, of course, you know, I met Bill Gove, and that was it. Once I went to the Bill Gove workshop... Everything changed. That was an even bigger thing for me. Was the workshop? Just like Bob Proctor, just like Kevin Robert, just like you know Larry Wilson, Augmentino All of us that went to the workshop were transformed because Bill Gove was another level. But Dottie was nitty gritty on the ground, speakers bureau, dealing with speakers, rough and tumble. And this book is worth reading, even though it's way outdated, and uh, and I think it's probably a little overpriced on Amazon. I think it was fifty bucks or something. And, you know, it's a I don't know, sixteen dollar book. I paid sixteen. 16- 15, 16, 95, I can't read it. But uh, when I bought this, this is I bought this 25 years ago. But it's worth reading. It really is. Everything you can get on the speaking business from people who know the business is worth studying. Because I'll tell you the truth, and a lot of people aren't gonna like this. There are very, very few people who understand our business. Very few. Oh, there's tons of people that claim to understand it. I get it. There were tons of people back then. And that's one of the things Dottie, Dottie's one of the first people, I, no, Dottie is the first person. Uh, I mean, now that I think about it, she was the first person I hired. I didn't know Bill Gove when I hired Dottie Walters. I was still working at a company we were building in Florida, a national company, which is now a huge company. Well, it's a mid-sized company. Um, we were still building that company. That was in its infancy, and I wanted to speak, and I. that's when I hired I hired Dottie. And uh, when I was trying to transition out of that company, this is going way back, this is 1995, 93. Yeah, 5 or 96. And, um, and uh, you know, she she really gave it to me straight. But one of the things she told me was, Steve, this business is full of people that prey on people that want to be speakers that don't know any better. She said, they're, they're charlatans. They don't know what they're talking about. She goes, you can't listen to anybody hardly about this business because almost no one understands the business. Now, they understand the celebrity part of the speaking business. If you're Bill Clinton or you're, you know, some Joe Biden or you're Donald Trump or you're some famous person or you're Tom Cruise or, you know, whatever. Those people give speeches for, you know, insane amounts of money. And they give them for one reason, for the most part, OK, because they're famous people. People want to photo op. They want to shake their hand, take a picture and say, hey, look, I met President Clinton or I met, you know, Donald Trump or I met, you know, whomever. And so that's a different business because they're famous people. They just want to that's what they get them up there for, for the most part. Okay, um, that's a different business. We're in the non-celebrity speaking business. That's what I'm specifically referring to. There's a big difference between celebrity speaking and non-celebrity speaking. Very, very big. Di- they're two. Comp- it's like football and baseball. Totally different. We have to actually deliver. We have to be good because we're not famous. They don't know us. We're famous to our fan base, but no one else knows who we are. And so Dottie told me that she said she says you can't listen to hardly anyone. And when I told her, when I first met Bill Gove, and I said, I said, how about Bill Gove? She said, he's the father of the industry. You listen to every single word Bill Gove ever tells you. He is the best of all time. He's the greatest that ever lived. You listen to everything he says, but almost, and, and, and that's what I remember telling me, she said, and he'll, you ask Bill who to listen to and whoever he ordains as someone you can listen to, you listen to them and no one else. Don't ever argue with Bill Gove. He is the father of the industry. I remember her telling me that, and I never heard her say, usually she was hammering everybody because she was right. It's a lot. It's full of charlatans. Now, 25 years later, it's full of more Charlotte because they're on the internet. They're on Facebook ads. Everybody's an expert on how to speak. You can get paid to speak in a week. You can write your book in 30 days and sell gazillions of copies. They're so full of crap, it's unbelievable. But people are naive and they buy it. They're not dumb. They're just naive. They don't know any better. And they think, well, this is a fast track to success. <laughs> yeah, good luck. That's not the speaking business. I don't know what business is fast track to success. If you find one, let me know and I'll go into it. and We'll make a fortune. But in 35 years of building companies around the world, I've never found that business. So if you do, let me know. But in the meantime, you got to get on the ground. And here's someone that knew what she was talking about you know she was rough but she knew what she was talking you'll get you'll feel it in the book but she knew what she was talking about and she's one of the people you know you'll, you'll again some of the stuff you'll have to skip because' it's, it's outdated but um, she she was knowledgeable no question about that and uh, it's hard to find books there are not many books about the speaking business written by people that know what they're talking about They're really not I mean there should be but they're just not because the people that are really busy aren't writing books about how they're doing it. They just want to do it. They don't want people to know what they're doing. Most of them, you know. When I chaired the Million Dollar Speakers Group at National Speakers Association, you know, my year that we that I chaired was 2011, and it, we started the group in 2009. You had to prove by a profit and loss statement, okay, that we submitted to KPMG in Phoenix. Um, That you made at least a million dollars in the last 12 months giving speeches, or what they called speaking related revenue. So, something, you know, back of the room sales, or something where you were speaking and you, you know, derived revenue from that speech. And so 5,000 members of National Speakers Association, National Speakers Association thought there were going to be hundreds of people that qualified. And I remember talking to the executive director I won't name. He's no longer executive director. But I remember him telling me, Steve, there's a lot more people are going to be signing up for this million-dollar speakers group than you'll believe. And I said, you're wrong. There will be almost no one because all these people are full of it. They're full of crap. I know they're not making money. And he said, how would you know that? I said, because the father of professional speaking is Bill Gove, and he's my business partner. He's Without Bill Gove, there'd be no National Speakers Association. He was the first president for the first two years. And Cabot Robert, the actual founder of National Speakers, told me personally, one-to-one in 1997, without Bill Gove, NSA does not exist. And that's why I said to... I won't name his name because he, he's, a, he's a decent guy, but he just he was I'm not good at running the organization, in my opinion. But um, but not because you know it doesn't matter anyway. I'll, I won't get off on that. But you know I told him I said there won't be people there. There won't be hardly anyone that qualifies because now you've got to prove it. Because NSA, I you know I have a love hate relationship with NSA. I, I, I love them and they hate me. But <laughs> but, but not really. I just have a love hate because the people are nice, but most of them are full of crap because I don't know what they're talking about. But they love to talk. So it's kind of like someone giving you directions. You know, how do I get to, back before GPS, now we don't ask directions, right? But for a lot of years, you know, for <laughs> a long time, you know, up until about, what, 10 years ago, you know, you, you get lost and you ask someone on the side of the road, hey, do you know where the 7-Eleven is? They go, yeah, go two rights done. And they're completely full crap. They have no idea where the 7-Eleven is, but they have to tell you. And the people give you the wrong directions all the time, used to happen all the time. It's a phenomenon. To the point where it's a phenomenon. And psychologists would study and say, well, people feel like they, they they'd rather say something than nothing. They'd rather tell you they know than they don't know, even if they don't know. Same in speaking. People love to talk. You know, we had one one time we had the president of NSA, I won't name her name. She was president, and I had a friend who was consulting her on her business, and I said, she has no idea what she's talking about. She's president of the National Speakers Association. He said, yeah, she made about 50 grand last year speaking. And I go, and she's president. He said, and she's president. My, my hate part of NSA is it's a it's a lot of people yapping, and, and most of them are full of it. They don't know what they're talking about in the business. They don't make any hardly any money. And they're nice people. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They're nice people. And they don't know what they're talking about. And so, but they love to talk. So they'll tell you all these things. So when we had my my year, 2011, when I was chairman, 39 people out of 5,000 qualified. 39. The first year I think we had 19, of uh, in Orlando. That was our first year. Bill Backrack, the great speaker from San Diego, was chairman, and there I think we had 19 of us. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, but that was it. And so uh, very few people ever the Last time I was a few years ago before COVID. And we had 60 people, top, tops, 60, top top number ever, 5,000 members, professional members worldwide. What does that tell you? It tells you that no one knows this business hardly. They're all, most of them are full of crap. Dottie Walters was not. She knew the business. Bill Gove was not. He knew the business. Larry Wilson, Jim Cathcart, Tony Alessandra, Mark Victor Hansen, Bob Proctor, I can name all these people, Mandino. you know, all these people. Bill Brooks, if I didn't say Bill Brooks, Ty Boyd, there were people. Don Hudson, the great Don Hudson from Memphis. These people know the business or knew the business or know the business. Some are no longer with us, but they know the business inside and out. There are not many of them, not many. Bill Gove gave me a list of 20 speakers when I met him. He said, these are the only people in NSA you listen to. I said, there's 5,000 members. He goes, right, here are the 20 you can listen to. The rest of them don't listen to a word they say. They don't know what they're talking about. So my point in that, is that this is not to beat up NSA. I've done that all over the world. because I, And I do, I've learned a lot from NSA and those particular speakers I named and some other speakers, not that many others, but some others. Uh, Randy Gage is another one I learned a lot from. Randy's a great guy and, and knows the business well. And there are other ones but that I haven't named. Ray Pelletier, you know. Um, lots of uh you know ray leone is another one um, i could name i could probably name rip off probably another 25 names or so um but point of it is it's not many people so when you find a resource like the Speaking and grow rich or a bill gove workshop or you know um really anywhere where you can learn what how this thing really works that's what you want to follow because they're very rare very rare. Oh, the charlatans are still everywhere now. They're now they're more prevalent than any than any other time in the history of the business. But you can't listen to them because you'll you'll spend 25 years spinning your wheels in this business if you don't if you don't know what you're doing. It's not the easiest business to make it in, <laughs> you know. So anyway, so with that, I'll wrap up the show. <clears throat> Um, get the book, Speaking Grow Rich. Go on Amazon, get the book, study the book, and I think it'll be a great resource for you, just as a general resource for the for the speaking business. Okay. And remember, subscribe, authorspeakerpodcast.org, O R G, authorspeakerpodcast.org. Sign up to subscribe on the site and we'll send you an email every week letting you know about a new episode. And with that, I appreciate you listening and watching, and we'll see you next time.